Hello and welcome to Daily Austin Music, your home for news, views, interviews, and reviews of the Austin music scene, and I'm Pastor Colin McDonald. Now today I had the pleasure of sitting down to speak with David Shabani. He has an interesting story and unique perspective. Born to Congolese parents in Paris, Shabani emigrated to Canada before launching his alternative hip-hop artistry here in Texas. Now we talked about everything from his approach to the music business, to storytelling, faith, and his latest album and concert series, Smooth Sounds of the Southwest, continuing this Saturday, the 23rd at Augustine on Rainy Street. I wanted to like stylistically kind of focus on, you know, our region of Texas, whereas, you know, um, you know, we're not just necessarily we're not necessarily just the south, you know, but we're also not uh, necessarily just the west, you know, so we, we're kind of in this, in this pocket of the southwest and Texas in particular, I think because of that, there's a lot of genres that come out of Texas. Um, you know, of course, it's country music, but there's also a lot of blues, a lot of country blues, there's blues grass uh, also. Uh, and then there's our, you know, there's also our soul and our R&B and our hip hop, you know, Erica Badu's from Texas, mm -hmm. Beyonce's from Texas. Those are way different styles of R&B music. There's a lot of hip hop that comes out of Texas. There's a lot of very Texas sounding hip hop, of course, you know, uh, you know, in Houston, of course, with the screw music. Of course, in Dallas, too, and we're in Austin, we're in Central Texas. So there's a lot of forms of music that come from here. So I thought it would be cool to really focus on the smooth sounds of the Southwest. Uh, six weeks of, you know, soul, hip hop and R&B uh, from different types of artists, you know, from different types of places, but focusing on the aspect that we are in Texas after all. And so we're playing in this, you know, uh, I guess it's seven different venues. Uh, within the capital of, of the state, you know, the live music capital of the world, but also the capital of, uh, of the Lone Star State. So we, we, I did want to focus on uh, making it a Texas-centric type thing. Um, and so it's been dope. We've been playing in very different places. We played at a brewery uh, that was huge. Um, we also played in a very tight, like, intimate setting uh, at Firehouse where there was a lot of uh, a lot of people there, shoulder to shoulder, you know what I'm saying? It was really like a very uh, kind of like a underground, intimate type uh, live setting. And so we've been switching up the scenarios, switching up the, the, the destinations. But the sound is the consistency of uh, hip hop, R&B, soul music, a lot of switching up, a lot of different special guests, different openers. And so it's been kind of an event that we've been trying to make every week. Uh, not necessarily replicated every week, but, you know, a different version of it every week and so that's what we've been working on i've only had three of those shows so there's three more um so uh yeah it's exciting it's, it's, it's a cool little event and the next one is augustine <clears throat> right it's saturday yeah. yeah so this saturday we're at uh i'm at augustine um with and what's cool also is that every week um i've played with uh my band as well the new leopards so it's david shabani and the new leopards along with openings and and, and closers and whatnot and so um, yeah, so at Augustine, we're going to play with the full band again. It was just cool because I've played there I played there a long time ago. I want to say like 2016 maybe, uh, 2016, 2017, one of those two years, uh, by myself. And back then the venue was completely different. It was called different, of course. Uh, I think it was called Blackheart. But now it's like, a, you know, it's almost like uh, what has changed, right? Like now you're seeing... Shabani 2017 and Shabani 2022, what has changed? How does it look different? And now it's with a huge band, openers, special guests, the set list, we have covers, you know, so it's a whole different aspect. Um, and it's really, Augustine, I'm excited because it's really gonna be um, like a pocket of very 
cool music in a place that you don't always see, like rainy, you don't always see uh, that place cater to live music uh, very often. And so it's going to be cool to see that uh, at Augustine. That's uh, Saturday at 6 p.m. Man, that sounds like it's going to be an incredible show. Now, talk to me a little bit about using the live band, because that is part of the Southwest sound. How long have you been with the New Lepers, and, and kind of how did that come to be? What's crazy is I've actually, I've been trying to put together a band, honestly, like some people might not see, but it's been like almost 10 years of me trying to figure out, like, you know, get the right bookings to, to, to have a band, are necessary for a band, and of course, maybe the right, like, income to be able to support a band. But also at the same time, like, the right, amount of, the right amount of time to prepare a set list for an entire band. And uh, and then also like the, the curating of, is this the drummer? Is this the bassist? Do I need a guitarist? Do I need a keyboard player? Do I need two keyboard players? Is there a backup singer? Should I have a choir? Like all of that, it had been years for me to put that together. Um, I, played, <clears throat> I played at the X Games 2014, 2015, I think, uh, with, you know, a, a, a smaller condensed version of a band. You know, it was, it was like, uh, a and B testing, you know, trial and error. And then um, then when uh, the pandemic came, coronavirus happened, there was much more time. Like musicians had much, much more time at home, you know. Um, that might be like a, a blessing and a curse because for me it was kind of a blessing because I was able to take my time to find different musicians, put them in the same room, get the time to uh, rehearse, take, uh, have them take the time to learn the music. You know, like understand like this is a 20 song set. This is a 12 song set version. Really prepare that. And we took time preparing, preparing. And then I had uh, the first two shows were live stream shows. So we did one show with uh, the Refugee Services of Texas. Uh, it was like a, a, you know, a benefit show. And then I did one with, uh, with Safe House. And then it was high production. So with that, I was able, able to take a product and then um, show to venues and to, you know, other band members that like this is what it looks like this is what it sounds like and so with that you know how to fit in and you know where to fit that in when it comes to like a, a talent buyer or something like that now i love how you're treating this as a business the music business with the product and everything and it's gotten you so far with with the sound and everything you're doing say a little bit about your approach to the music business this might sound like a stretch but i played football for a very long time and so you have a head coach the head coach can't be coaching the cornerbacks and the receivers all day he can't he doesn't have but there's a vision that's being sent there from the head coach still so um and it's something that i try to like same thing with a movie set the director's not going to be rehearsing the lines with the, every actor right but there is still a vision that comes from the, direct, the, the director that's going to you know be uh, uh publicized and so uh, that's something that when it comes to business is you understand that it's a huge team there's a lot of delegation and so what what do you actually have to do one by one all the time, all day? Like, do you really have to be designing the flyer? Is there not someone that's better at designing flyers that can be doing that for you? Do you really have to be uh, selling the merchandise? Is there not someone that can be there selling the merchandise for you that's better at that? Even though you delegated that, that's still part of your, your, uh, your organization. And so I do think that the longer I've been doing this, the more I've realized that like, how can I focus on the product, which is the music, and how can I delegate some of this other stuff, some of these other tasks, and that helps create, keep, keep uh, continue the momentum, you know. So it helps, uh, it helps, uh, yeah, it helps you progress. And that vision comes from the top. That leadership comes from the top. And you've got some ubiquitous themes on this record, from truth to trust to travel, and and not just traveling the globe, but it seems like you're really traveling somewhere. And I'm curious, 
I'm curious about what that's like for you. What What is the culmination of this? Where do you see yourself in kind of three to five years? Interestingly enough, I think like mentally my next step, if we're talking about the, the parallel of uh, progression mm-hmm. and how that's related to my actual geographic movement, I do think that um, the next step is almost not being tied down to one place. And so if I'm touring or if I'm, um, if I have residencies in maybe New York, back in Toronto, back in Paris or you know Canada in general, maybe back in on the West Coast, it's still coming down to Texas, playing in Dallas more often because that that is where I'm from. Also, um, you know, touring in the in the, you know this in the states, I think that that's what I want to be at in the next level. Is like not even tied down to one place, but to a point where the music is spreading and the career is spreading in a way where I'm just constantly moving. And I have different places at once, and it's it's kind of how it was ri- how I was raised. So it would make sense for that to end up being like the next destination. And man, I love that you recognize that Austin truly is a place that you can use as a stepping stone, and that's a key, I think, to growing a national and even international audience. Now, you speak a lot about identity on the record, and kind of with your unique background, I'm curious about your experience finding your identity within the Austin music scene as, and, and I'll quote you here as a as a young black illegal alien. Yeah, I uh, I think that Austin is, um, you know, like I said before about Texas having a sound. And hip-hop used to be very geographically f- focused in terms of, like, people in Atlanta sound like Atlanta rap or New York sounds like New York rap. And, uh, you know, uh, the West Coast had a sound, of course. You know, Miami had a sound. And so um, we hip-hop has been moving towards in a way where it's no longer as tied down to that. And I think Austin is a like a microcosm of that because most people who live in Austin aren't from Austin. Um, shout out to everyone who's like born and bred in Austin uh, because they've created this environment for us. But uh, most people who, at least that I meet, um, living in Austin are not born and raised in Austin, right? And so because of that, it's created a sound that's almost like a many different, it's like a compilation, right? It's a compilation of sounds. And so because of that, it's, it's actually easy, I think, for me to find myself in terms of like, I know I don't sound like this or like that or like that or like this. I know that for a fact. And so I know and I felt it personally, <coughs> excuse me, when people see me live, there's a double. There's a, wow, this is hip hop music. It's not always a, uh, I don't always expect hip hop music at a venue like this. Usually, hip-hop shows in Austin are going to be the big touring artists, artists excuse me, that used to be at Frank Irwin, or maybe Mohawk or Stubbs, you know what I'm saying? But, like, um, that's usually where you see, like, big touring rap, uh, rap artists. Besides that, though, um, like, local artists, we used to be playing at the same two, the same two venues, maybe, you know? Um, and maybe every now and then we get to open for one of these bigger artists. But you wouldn't see hip hop at like breweries, even though breweries had music all the time. You wouldn't see hip hop on Rainy. You know, Rainy had live music all the time. If you heard hip hop, it's because the DJ's playing. And so when people see me at like some venue, I get a double reaction where people are like, damn, that's cool. This is hip hop music. I didn't, I didn't expect to see that at Blind Pig. But at the same time, this doesn't sound like a bunch of other rappers. So I'm gonna, you get a double like uh, pull into the music where it's like, damn, this is a very particular sound in a genre that is not heard enough in the city, honestly. And so I think um, 
I think that's how that's helped me find my you know find my sound right. in this uh, this musically growing city. Man, that's right. And then not only have you found the sound, but it seems like you found a way to throw an event. And I don't see this concert series as, as a group of shows, but more as a focused event spread out over time, you know, through different music venues and for an audience. You have a specific target market that you're going for. And and a lot of musicians miss that. Now you've got a great line on this record. It says they they eat the rich. But what if I become them? I can almost see the bridge. Talk to me about what that means to you and, and how you're dealing with finding success and still being authentic to yourself and where you come from. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially what it's saying. And so it says, like, eat the rich, you know, but what if I become them? I can almost see the bridge. And then it says Oakland to San Francisco, where it's, it's, show, it's supposed to show this, like, these two close cities where, like, the worlds are way different. Right. And so uh, and so that's something that you think about. That's true, because, you know, when you're raised, you're raised with not a lot of money, like just the, the average person. Right. So it's not to say like my life is super unique, but the average person might be raised with not a lot of money. And so you you are you're raised with this criticism of of the ultra rich or the rich or the number one percent or the high class or Hollywood status. But then you're in this art form where like that might be where you end up. So if you get there, what happens? Do you completely change your narrative or do you hate you hate yourself? You know, so it creates this question of like uh, what exactly is your identity? Is your identity, uh, you know, what you are? You know, like, are you born with your identity or is it what you do? You know, like, is it the, the occupation you have? And so. It's something that I think about, um, even you know, living in Austin, even you know, doing music, starting to be in a different world, and, and you know, uh, you know, shake different hands uh, and rub shoulders with different people that you didn't expect. Well, not that you didn't expect, but you didn't always rub shoulders with. And so then it becomes like I focus on my narrative a lot. I focus on like what am I writing, and so. I don't know that person yet, right? I'm not there yet. But if, if in four years, what will my verses sound like? Because right now, my verses today don't sound like they did four years ago, right? I, 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 my point of view has maybe not evolved, but it has progressed to be different, you know? So <clears throat> to be, uh, to come from a different standpoint. And so, um, yeah, I think that the, that line really is just saying like, it's really saying, what would I, I don't know. I don't know if I have the answer, but like, how would I deal with that? How would I deal with, with being a, you know, a critic of the love of money and then you hit the lotto? What happens now? Do you, are you no longer that critic? Do you have to give away your money? You know, so it's, it's a true question that I think that a lot of people who come from humble beginnings and then the next day they're just Hollywood rich. What does that put you? now right and so i think that the i would like to believe that the moral is that no it doesn't change my my narrative it doesn't change my point of view um but it might change my everyday experiences man and that's what i love about this record it's it's a thinking record you can tell that you put a lot of effort and thought into the narrative and it's it's not a record you just listen to once and, and get it's a record that can reveal itself over time and that's beautiful it's art
So Doing Better is my favorite track on the record. In that one you have the line, I used to lie a lot, but now it's only true. And after you say that, you say, you know, I'm good at judging my past, but now I'm doing better. And I'm curious, how, how are those two statements related? It's like, um, I think the whole song is about, like, like self-improvement, right? So being self-aware that, like, maybe I used to live a certain way, um, but I'm growing. We're, we're older, you know, <laughs> like, we're, I'm a 30-year-old rapper, you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't mean I have to stop rapping. It just means that maybe the narrative and the, the focus on subjects is changing. It's doing better. And so... Um, and so when I say that, you know, it's, it's only true now, like I'm, I'm true to myself, you know, I'm not, I'm not as, uh, uh, unrealistic about like who I am. I'm, 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 it's solidifying, you know? And so I'm, I'm judging, I'm better at judging myself. And so, um, the song that the, the tape itself, I mean, the, the, the album, I guess, um, the record is really it's very autobiograph autobiographical you know so you know the, in the first song uh one of the songs one of the lyrics says um you know all my papers faked me and my cousins we was getting smuggled if we made mistakes they would send us right back to the rubble and so what that's saying is um almost everyone i know we live here illegally without papers let's say and so or, or undocumented some people may say which gave us like this fear of if you get arrested or caught up by a cop or even stopped how do you not know he's gonna be like show me your papers we're sending your ass back right now that is showing like a very early mind right it's showing a very early uh mentality of of like how i used to think as a kid maybe or maybe uh, uh, a high schooler. But at the end of the album, you have uh, HJU to AUS, where at the end of the album, it's a literal destination, so from one place to one place, and it's saying, uh, I don't need you to fix me. I came out fine. So now you're, 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 you've created the whole, like, this is where I am today. And so it's a, a story-like, you know, condensation. It's almost like I put together... Like the cliff notes of my life almost yeah. of like yo all right so now i'm here i was here but now i'm here and so doing better really you know it sits in the middle of the album kind of where it's showing like at the end of the day man whatever i was like two years ago three years ago four years ago i'm doing better i've progressed and so um yeah the song that the album really i it's it's seven songs it's kind of short but it, it, i do feel like it says a lot you know and it says a ton and i feel like i know you so much better from listening to the record than just reading your bio. It's it's such a, it's a super honest record, which I just, man, I just love. I just dig the heck out of it. But as a pastor, I have to dig a little bit further. And, and you know, you have some religious imagery in here about, you know, how'd you go through hell so I could see heaven. Can you talk to me a little bit about your faith and, you know, were you raised in faith or what, what's that been like for you? Uh, yeah, I was raised uh, in the church, man. I was raised yeah. in a very uh, devout Christian family. Um, uh, Baptist Pentecostal as well uh, and so I was yeah and so with that being said you know I I know that I don't uh, physically live the way I did when I was with my mother like at the crib like going to church every day like being at church all day you know what I'm saying like gospel music on all day um, 
but it's it's within me, right? And so I think that now I live a way where deep in my mind I might criticize myself as in like, is this really like the moral way of living or doing, you know, anything? And so um, it's something that because it's in my mind, it it shows up in some of my music in terms of like, you know, like is this is this right? Is this you know? And so um, yeah, so I I am a God fearing man. I just don't know uh, if I've been the poster child for devoutness recently in life. So, man, I I don't know about all that, but I I do think that this with this record you've been kind of a poster child for expressing your honest experience at the very least. I know that there is an underlying undeniable divinity to what we do as artists because we create and that's what we are meant to do. And it's it's out of our experience that we can create art that can be a gift of wisdom and hopefully maybe maybe relieve a little bit of suffering for people that witness that expression, right? And and when you create with honesty you get that double take that you talked about where it's it's, it's not only, oh, this is hip-hop on Rainy Street, and oh, it doesn't sound like other hip-hop that I've heard, but even the triple take of, wait, what did he just say? I'm going to have to think about that and, and how that applies to my life and my perspective. And, oh, man, I just I just love what you're doing, man. I, I, I'm really looking forward to the show on Saturday at Augustine. And, man, I just thank you, David. This was an absolute pleasure. All right, that's it for this interview with David Chabani. You can catch David at ifeelgoodrightnow.com, Instagram at idavidchabani. You can check him on YouTube and all the streaming sites. And also be sure to catch David Chabani's Smooth Sounds of the Southwest this Saturday at Augustine on Rainy Street. Next week, April 30th at Central Machine Works at 7. May 7th at Austin Beer Garden and Brewing at 9. And May 8th at the Pecan Street Festival at 2 p.m. Thank you so much for watching. I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. I'll see you tomorrow.